Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 52nd episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon's Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Liam Land. And this is Fendi. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a Dragon Quest puzzle game called Dragon Quest Keshi Keshi, or Kesh Keshi, as they pronounce it in the game. So that's two Keshis. Keshi is Japanese for one of those cute-styled collectible erasers, right? Does uh, Keshi Keshi mean two erasers, or is one eraser erasing the other? Well, uh, then it would just be Dragon Quest Keshi. Okay, okay. So why didn't they just call it Dragon Quest Keshi? Uh, the one well, Keshi. then the the, the the Keshi potentially erases the quest, and then you're just left with Dragon Keshi. Hmm. So to get Dragon Quest Keshi Keshi, you need to be at you need to you would uh, you need to add at least four Keshis total after the Dragon Quest. Then the last two Keshis cancel out the first two Keshis, and you're left with Keshi Keshi. Well, uh, I'm puzzled. Uh, I, I I think this is more thought than was put into the actual naming. Uh, two Keshis is just cuter than one, so that's probably where they were going with it. Uh, well, anyway, today we welcome Joe from Big Shark Gaming to the podcast. Welcome, Shark. Hello, hello. So I am recording uh, via quarantine. Uh, I'm I'm in basically hotel jail. Uh, so um, I was on a I was on a flight from New York to Japan, and I was home uh, at my mother-in-law's uh, quarantining for for two weeks. And uh, or sorry, I, I was about six days into the quarantine when um, when we got a notification uh, on, a, on our mobile app, uh, which they, the government uses to keep track of you during quarantine. Uh, and the notification essentially said that somebody on the flight got sick after the, after we landed. So, uh, here I am, uh, I'm about halfway through, I get out of quarantine after Christmas. So I'm actually going to be missing my family. <laughs> my wife got out of the whole thing because we have two kids and she needed to take care of them. So, uh, yeah, here I am. I'm just catching up on, on PlayStation games that I missed out on when my son was born like four years ago so old old stuff like uh, um, the, the South Park uh, uh, fractured butthole game uh, of course <laughs> of, of course uh, Yakuza like a dragon and uh, this other game called little nightmares that I'm just obsessed with um, so yeah it's been um, it's been interesting I've, I've I, I I used to live this type of life this isolation when I was a single guy Um you know, in in between girlfriends, I'd play a lot of video games at home. So I just kind of I understand how to do this without sitting around going nuts in a small hotel room all the time. But yeah, so that's uh, um, that's it. It also allows me to uh, try out some Dragon Quest games that I haven't been able to before, um, like uh, Dragon Quest Ten for the Switch. Uh, I'm trying to kind of figure out um, how to transfer my game from the free uh, the free version to the paid version. Um, so I was using uh, uh, Austin from Geek to Geek Media has a has a, a blog about it. Um, but as I was kind of going through the steps of that, it looked like the server for that was down. So uh, I'm kind of on hiatus with Dragon Quest X until I can figure that out because I don't want to play through the free version and then have to start all over again when I get to version 3 or um, get past that. Um, other games, uh, the one we're about to talk about, Keshi Keshi, uh, I've played a little bit of. Uh, I got into an error message that stopped me from playing, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then uh, just today, the Dragon Quest Baby and Kids Let's Play with Slime, um, which is based on the character art from the uh, children's book Slime PPP that came out uh, a couple of years ago. And I'm actually... Uh, coincidentally i'm actually working on a translation for that children's book um one of the things i did when i was in new york was scan every page of the book um uh, from cover to cover and I'm, I'm gonna work on uh translating it's a very simple uh children's book for uh for kids so obviously my four-year-old is able to read it to me that's uh, awesome <laughs> and, then, yeah. and there's uh, we have a lot of uh, emoji that are in the the Dragon's Den Discord. That uh, I think it was Metal Slime, our, our me member there, oh, yeah. actually yep. took the took that that uh, art and used it for a lot of slime emoji that we have. So it's it's interesting to see that come get uh, more play with this new game. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a, a lot of it is educational. Some of it is just uh, you know, there's three uh, three three chests, and you just pick pick which one uh, doesn't isn't the mimic basically. Uh, and oh. <laughs> some of it is just kind of bouncing slimes around on a staircase, uh, which is actually legitimately straight 
like a straight out of the book. Um, and uh, um, and then there's the one that's just like letters, learning the learning the different characters of the Japanese alphabet, which um, I'm currently in the middle of right now. So it's it's interesting because when you select the character, the slime will actually say it in like a little high pitched cutesy little slime voice. <laughs> so it's cool. It's definitely um, easier to to use that if you know some of the characters already because the slime voice is so high pitched it's a little hard to hear in the game so uh you know i'm poking around on it and it doesn't really make a lot of sense unless i know the characters already uh and i can kind of make that connection otherwise it's kind of a little bit hard to hear but uh yeah overall it's it's a fun little children's game and i'm looking forward to getting out of quarantine so i can actually play it with my kids <laughs> nice so um so yeah let's get to uh let's get to know our our guests so uh shark how did you originally get into the dragon quest series so it's a little bit of a dated story it's actually back when it was even dragon warrior i remember big italian family so i used to go over to my aunt liz's house and her son mario was playing a game one day and it turns out it was dragon warrior monsters and i remember like being in school and like looking forward to getting a report card because that's the game that i wanted to get he was playing it on like the virtual console or like that game gear thing that you plugged into the super nintendo and i remember like seeing like the character art and seeing all this i was like oh this is great this looks awesome and i went to his toy store called sukons which doesn't exist anymore it became like a liquor store and i bought what was dragon warrior 3 and i was playing it i was like this doesn't seem right this doesn't seem like it's the same game and i remember like going back over to like a birthday party to my aunt's house and being like mario what's going on with this He's like oh i was playing the spinoff dragon warrior monsters now you're playing dragon warrior 3 and it's like oh cool and it took me like 14 years to beat dragon warrior 3 um because it's one very long and very difficult especially for my you know seven-year-old self um but that's essentially how i got into dragon quest and dragon warrior um so it's been a long long road awesome did you buy did you buy a full copy of dragon warrior 3 or did you get it used no i bought a brand new copy uh i actually have two copies of them it's like the game boy color cartridge some kid oh, in school okay. randomly gave it to me uh-huh. I, uh, I remember his name was steven he just walked over he's like here you look like you would like this game and i was like oh cool now i have two copies of this game um so i have that's, one <laughs> that's brand amazing new, one that's new. Yeah, I wish I knew people who were just giving away games, <laughs> just walking up to you and be like, here you go. Here's the game. Yeah, it was um, literally that. It's just like, you look like you would like this game. I was just playing. I remember playing um, MLB Baseball 1998 and on my Game Boy Color at my lunchtime. And he just like walked over and was like, here. I was like, oh, cool. I have this already, but I won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, the, I was going to say, did you buy it? I, you know, I, I realized midway through that question, you were talking about the Game Boy Color version. Uh, because uh, the NES version actually came with a walkthrough as, as the booklet. Like the actual booklet was like the entire walkthrough of the game. Oh, that's neat. Um, yeah, so there's no need to buy any kind of guide for it or anything like that. Um, that would have been super helpful. Um, I remember the first time playing, getting stuck in the pyramid and just being like, oh, this sucks. I'm not going to sit here and walk a step and battle a monkey every five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's even more brutal in the NES version because the curse follows you like throughout the game. So like it pretty much forces you to sell this one of the strongest uh, claws in the game for the fighter. Yeah, you get to you get to actually use it in the in the remakes but the nes version not so much unless you want to just use it for uh leveling up yeah so i think or you, you put could, it in i think oh, go ahead. Okay. oh i was gonna say you could sell it for quite a bit yes because uh, it is but, a golden claw and it's it's so funny and sad that uh, you had that toy store that ended up being a liquor store <laughs> yeah, yeah it was a weird transition it went from toys to furniture to liquor so I feel like it literally <laughs> followed my life transition of toys <laughs> to liquor, which nice. no longer care about furniture, no longer care about liquor, but still toys. So I went full circle. Hmm. That's funny, funny. I like it. So uh, what's your favorite mainline and spinoff game in the Dragon Quest series? Uh, mainline for me is definitely Dragon Quest Nine. I think that was the one that I had the most fun with, and it was definitely like the time where like Jay was starting to understand um, Dragon Quest a little bit more. So we had a lot of fun going through like the grottos and playing it together, and just chilling out, going into like the grottos and fighting super bosses and finding all these cool monsters and being silly, like doing like the captain's curtsy with our characters. <laughs> Create a character was great. Um, yeah. I feel like it had such a really deep character creation when it comes to that. So definitely easy choice for my favorite mainline game. In terms of spinoff, it would probably be Monster Joker 2. Um, it was probably the least good 
monster game in terms of story, but the after gameplay was great. And I used to love like the weekly tournaments that they would do and like the scout rankings. Those were always really fun. Um, and it's been a lot of time just like building up a team, finding out what was the best monster. And again, playing with Jay, like we used to build teams that would like deliberately counter one another. So it was always fun just to be like, ha, I won up to you this time. Um, so a lot of like the Dragon Quest games come back and forth just to, like me and my brother, you know, beating each other up in them. <laughs> That's, That's nice. Great. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've had a lot of fun memories playing uh, games with my brother as well. He's four years younger than I am. So once he got old enough, then that was that was fun doing that kind of thing. Like whether it was like Secret of Mana or Teenage Ninja Turtles or whatever. Um, and I, I, you totally reminded me of nine and how your characters could do those little moves. Like you could do like spin around or wave or whatever. I forgot about all those yeah. little tiny moves that you yeah, do. They were, they were great. Just they're silly and fun. And like, it'd be the best one. Like you would run ahead, run ahead and you'd be standing by the boss waiting for them for like 15 minutes to get caught up. And you'd just be sitting there just like swinging your arms back and forth. Like this yeah. is my monster. <laughs> He's going to beat you. Right. <laughs> you proceed to go into battle with them and just do nothing. And you got a got a kindred spirit here with uh, Liam and, and with the uh, nine being your favorite. So that's one of his as well. Yeah, hey. yeah. I I think that uh, that we, uh, particularly with nine, the folks who are able to to take advantage of the multiplayer and get the DLC and all that uh, tend to have a more favorable view of the game than the majority of the Western fans that weren't able to because they they don't live in. Uh, um, in areas with uh, large populations where there might be other Dragon Quest fans uh, close by and, and, and be able to play. Um, so yeah, I, I, I the first time I uh, played the multiplayer and uh, and majority of my time spent multiplayers with the uh, Nintendo New York um, Tag Mode Tuesday group, which started as an actual uh, event at Nintendo World, uh, what, which is what it was called back in twenty what was it twenty ten or whenever the game came out, um, and then it's something that the fans kind of took over. So yeah, Tag Mode actually went to a couple of those. Actually, come to think of it, oh yeah, you may have yeah. uh, if. If you didn't meet me, if it was early on, you probably, you know, I, I didn't show up until maybe like a couple months in because I would, I did, I missed the launch event because I was still playing Dragon Quest V at the time. And I was like, no, no, I must finish this first. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I, I missed out on all those, all that big stuff. But, uh, but you probably definitely met uh, Sam or um, RPG Wizard um, and maybe Deca Blue and some of the other folks that were there, you know when i when i first started going sometime around like september october yeah it's definitely a small world we're all in the same place at the same time 10 years ago and here we are at the same place at the same time yeah <laughs> more or less i mean <laughs> i'm halfway across the world at the moment but yeah um we did grow up in the same state that's for sure yeah and, and we used to we used to live in the same city um yeah we're all new yorkers here <laughs> yeah yeah us. that's true you're an upstate new yorker too that's right pandy yep. originally yep. huh Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what is it that uh, that draws you to the series most, Shark? Why, why do you like Dragon Quest more than other RPG series than some other? There's just so much to it. Um, I feel like Dragon Quest has done so well in terms of just evolving and staying relevant and finding like the little things that like maybe the previous game didn't do so well. And I feel like they do actively listen to like fan feedback, except you know like with the localization issues that they have. Um, and incorporate that into later games. You look at like Dragon Quest XI and people wanted a more vast and open experience. And then we got that. Um, people were saying, oh, maybe Dragon Quest is a little bit too cheerful and it's a little bit too bright and vivid. And now we're getting Dragon Quest XII, which is promised to be a much darker experience. And there's also things for everybody. There's a lot of the RPG games, there's spin-off games, there's silly games. People really liked Pokemon Mystery Dungeon by how silly it was. And then we got stuff like Rocket Slime. So there's literally a game for everybody in every subsect whether it's a tactical rpg whether now it's a match three or you know just like a jrpg game similar to like what they like in final fantasy and persona there's literally a game for everybody and that's a big draw for me yeah it's very expansive very expansive now what what you can get out of dragon quest yeah. so with uh do you have any when it comes to the dragon quest world then do you have any favorite monsters or characters from the series uh definitely favorite uh character is torn either between terry or Silvando. um and monster is definitely going to be a killing machine and an uber killing machine monsters uber killing machine specifically is my overall favorite but any of those robots um robuster robuster 2 um, except like the really big Sagittarius one. I don't really care for him, but like definitely like the Robo Max are my favorite. The the Traminator. Yeah, Traminator. That's the one that is like the Sagittarius. Oh God, don't really care for his design. He he kind of weirds me out a little bit. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I always read it in the Arnold voice. 
you know, when I, I think it's meant to be read that way. When trauma talks, I must traumatize you. Uh, so, uh, do you have any favorite mechanics in 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 Dragon Quest games? Monster collecting, job classes, or casinos, or anything? Oh God, casinos! Um, as you said, casino, it just brings back so many memories of just being like, oh, I'm only going to spin like one more time and then next thing you know you're five hours deep in the slots and you've gotten the metal stacks and silver reels um i remember like there was one time where we were playing i believe it was dragon quest seven um and jay was going out to go food shopping with my parents and he was like hey i'm playing poker i need to get this sword do you want to help me out i was like yeah sure i'll play for a little bit and he came back and everything was unlocked casinos and me not a great mix um favorite mechanics is probably gonna be monster breeding in general um i do love when you could incorporate monsters into your team um i that's a preference to me and being able to like breed monsters and create new ones or stronger versions of the ones you have this way you know you bring your friends with you uh, it's always a great feature cool nice so what is your experience with uh, Dragon Quest Gacha games? Looking over your Big Shark Gaming YouTube site, you seem to have played a lot of them, or at least your team has. Uh, so, yeah, played a lot of Dragon Quest Gacha games. Um, dabbled in the ones that were never really long-lived. Uh, we did Dragon Quest of the Stars. Jay did Rivals. Um, I played a bit of Superlight as well. Mm. Um, obviously, Tact, have, we've been involved in. We did a closed beta test together, which was awesome. Um, now we're doing Keshi Keshi. I've done Die. And, you know, I've played quite a few different Dragon Quest gacha games. It's kind of my thing. Awesome. Yeah, we, you, we were just talking. Your, your brother Jay is actually... Uh, was on our rivals episode, um, and and so he was he was able to talk to us about the game as it was kind of uh, phasing out in Japan, and and we were able to see uh, a lot of uh, information about it that we didn't know about, uh, kind of you know wh while it was undergoing its run. In a, in a way, it was also kind of sad because it was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm sorry it's going, <laughs> but hopefully. Uh, um, you know, hopefully some of that, uh, at least the images, I think a lot of it has been backed up um, since. So there's, you know, there, there's some silver linings there. Yeah, a lot of nice art came out of that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so could you explain to us what uh, Big Shark Gaming is all about? So we originally started off as news and reviews for anime and gaming. We were doing uh, Tumblr, believe it or not. Uh, we were probably one of the few non-adult Tumblr uh, sites available. Um, and we slowly transitioned to doing YouTube Let's Plays. And the one thing that we wanted to showcase was maybe not all the finest moments. Maybe like we make a joke that's not funny and we just, you know, would normally edit that out and just move on from there. Maybe like we did not play that game the best that we could have. We're an idiot. Like me being in Dark Souls 2 and saying, I wonder if anyone's beat this game without dying. I'm going to try and I'm proceeding to like promptly roll off the bridge. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, I, 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 go ahead. I, def I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoyed your, um, your video on, on how to put any, any game on the switch. Uh, uh, if yeah. you haven't, if if any of the audience hasn't seen that video yet, definitely check that one out. It's pretty good. Yeah, if you guys want to learn how to put any game, literally any game, onto the Switch, check out that video. Self plug, um, because you <laughs> could put anything on the Switch and make it work just by following those simple techniques. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely helpful. Since I just got a Switch, I was very excited to. Uh, uh, to learn about that but that's one of the things that like we took a lot of pride in one being like very heavy with our community we wanted to make sure that everybody coming in wasn't just somebody who's watching um whether they were you know young or old it doesn't really matter to us and we always wanted to show off like the real side of gaming not just like edited clips of highlight reels we wanted to show off when we play Fortnite. you know we might go five or six streams without getting a win and we get eliminated quickly in every single game we didn't want to hide that because not everybody is good at every single game and that's one of the things that we took a lot of pride in and just like showing like dang we lost on level one of super mario bros that should never happen but we did it and there's proof <laughs> you know this is probably why i don't play games with my brother because they you know anymore anyway so we'd be we'd be playing super mario brothers as kids and i'd jump over i'd be mario i'd jump over the the hole and he would pause on the second controller right when i'm over the hole and when you do that <laughs> as soon as you unpause mario just drops straight down <laughs> into the hole so. uh yeah we played ibn ob um and that game broke our friendship for about a week um, <laughs> it was bad it was like midstream screaming at each other because we just couldn't get it going well that's got to be interesting like a civil rivalry going on like you know complete <laughs> fighting like on the stream <laughs> uh yeah i typically play like if we were wrestlers he'd be the baby face and i'd be the heel um so 
you know, there's a lot of like, I'm the older brother. I'm like uh, Pendy is I'm five years older than him. And, you know, he gets the little brother shtick a lot. All right. So, uh, so, all right. So let's talk about uh, Keshi Keshi. Um, Shark, can you, can you walk us through the basic plot? Okay. So they pretty much give away the plot right away. Essentially, you are trying to undo the crimes of an evil pen and his doodles against the history books of Dragon Quest. So you're going through and you're befriending monsters who are in the form of Keshi Keshi, um, well, Keshi rather, um, and just going and undoing these crimes. You're fighting monsters that were bosses that were placed there by this evil pen that was just doodling. And I love the idea that like it's a pen that came to life and is evil and is just trying to like ruin things. Cause like we've all been at work in some way, shape, or form and bored and just doodled over things and like, oh man, I shouldn't have drawn on that. I need that. And like that kind of is what it reminds me of. And right now they're factoring like the Dragon Quest one event. So it's like, oh cool, this guy he cares not at all about the history of Dragon Quest. He wants to ruin everything. And to me that's a bad guy. So it's a pen, sure. Um but man He's a bad pen. <laughs> uh, that's that's fun. That sounds like fun. So, what are the uh, what are the gotcha elements to this game? What kind of erasers are you rolling for? From what I've from what I've seen, it looks like the gotcha elements. Uh, you're trying to collect like monster monsters and characters uh, erasers and also weapons, I guess. Yeah, so it's a mix. Um, and right now they're actually doing a Dragon Quest One gotcha machine, and they're also doing a mixed one, which features Killing Machine, um, a dual wielding warrior, as well as Great Drac. Um, previously they did like Arc Demon, but yes, you do get weapons. Um, you do get like swords, whether it's like the Dragon's Bane or you get like the Firebrand. Um, I just recently got the Falcon Blade, um, and the oh. swords can be a mix of either <laughs> alchemy materials, um, which you, in this game you can actually alchemize some monsters, and you could also use them in battles but i found like they're a little bit lackluster to use in battle to be honest um the real uh go-getter is the arc demon he's uh pretty brutal nice i i had a reaction to falcon blade being yes. and he started laughing because in every you know that that's that that's my go-to weapon for dragon quest 9 so in every mm-hmm. gotcha game it's like oh i gotta get the falcon blade you know when and i found that you could get two uber falcon blades in dragon quest 11 and pair them with eric i was a happy happy lad yeah <laughs> it doesn't hit uh, I think as much as, or at, le- at least a single one doesn't hit as much as it does in, in if you pair it with uh, Falcon Slash, you can hit for mm-hmm. what is it four, um, uh, four in a row. I'm not sure if you can yep, you can you dual wield. Can you do how many how many total hits can you get with Eric? So you could dual wield Uber Falcon Blades and get up to eight hits. And if you do, oh, that's uh, an even more insane. Wow, Eric's move where he does the double trouble, um, mm-hmm. and you have the two of him. It's just it's silly uh, how much damage just you can six, do. Six, 16 hits. Yep, <laughs> that's yep. amazing. <laughs> that's awesome so yeah so so falcon blade was my kind of you know go go to weapon you do you know double double drop uh um defense with the stardust sword uh or stardust or hypernova or whatever uh and then switch over to the uh uh uber falcon blade and just kind of falcon slash away um that was our basic go-to strategy for any gladiators in our in our um uh, legacy boss fights. Yeah, uh, so one room and it's pretty brutal. Yeah, and so so that then um, when the gotcha game started coming out, and I started seeing um, you know in Quest of the Stars, the, there was a Falcon Blade. I was just like, oh, that's my mission. I got to get that Falcon Blade. I have yeah, that was my retirement horrible, for uh, stars. I have horrible gotcha luck. I just <laughs> it, 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 you were trying to get that forever. I was trying to get that forever, and then when I finally got it, it was like at the tail end of my interest in playing the game. I was like, "All right, I'm done. I got it. That that's what I, that, that's what I accomplished for the game." So, well, well speaking uh, of your gotcha, speaking of your gotcha luck, what about uh, uh, Joe? What do you think about the the uh, gotcha in this game? Like, how generous is it compared to other gotcha games? Have you played like Intact? In the beginning, you you would get this. Uh, killing machine banner that had like an unlimited role where you could keep going and going until you got what you wanted. Is there anything that you know of that's uh, in, in Keshi Keshi as well? So there's not. And I honestly, one of the big things I'm disappointed at, and I'm not, I'm not like the person to get like upset over bad gotcha luck, um, especially in a game that I'm kind of just trialing. Um, mm. But it's pretty miserable um, <laughs> since I've played and liquid metal slime has been much luckier than I have in terms of pulls. Um, since I've played, I have only, acquired um two five stars mm-hmm. and i've got a few like four stars but i have not had very good luck in this game at all yeah 
Yeah, that's the thing about gotcha games is that, it, it, and I remember this all the way back to Superlight, is that everyone else seems to have way better luck than I do. <laughs> I don't know. Not, maybe, not it's their, maybe, maybe they're paying for it. I'm not really sure, but uh, just everyone had these like S rank I monsters. I literally get anybody else to pull my polls except for me. Normally it's my fiance. I'll be like, listen, you do this poll because you have better luck than I do. She's one of the luckiest people I know. And it's not yeah. because she has me, but it, uh, just because like, her luck is a lot higher than mine is. Yeah. Her luck points. Yeah. Stats. She's, she's, uh, <laughs> she's got more luck stats. And got the <laughs> highest luck stats. And... Nice. Um, so, so how do the game mechanics work? Are there uh, any similarities to other puzzle games? So it is a traditional match three, match four, match five, where if you match three and you're near a monster, you do damage. Or if you don't, then everything kind of cascades. If you match four, you get a bigger eraser that can erase either vertically or horizontally. If you match five, you get a player character based upon what you match. Anything higher than that, and it's kind of just a waste. So you can match, realistically speaking, uh, two, four, seven uh, erasers together, and you'll still mm -hmm. just get the player character. So obviously, it's a little bit better to just match three and four if you can, and then match five if the situation provides for it. Because getting those mm -hmm. player characters are normally huge. They all have their own special effects and ultimates, especially if you pair them together. Um, uh -huh. Which, if you didn't know, you could pair both the horizontal and the vertical eraser together, and it erases in a plus. And then each uh, player character eraser has its own special effect. And then they kind of bounce off of one another if you pair them together. Or if you pair two together, you get like a super ultimate attack. And then those kind of get very, very crazy very, very quickly. Um, but it's fun. It's... You know, objective is kill the monster and do it as quickly as possible. Okay. So wait. So the so how how do you do damage to it again? You're you were uh, you have to basically um, match three or more near it. So it has to be right next to it. So, so either you could it. pop okay. an ultimate who has its own special skill that does damage, or you could uh, make a connection literally adjacent to the monster that you're targeting. But you could target multiple mm -hmm. monsters at once if it happens to be everything that was connected to it. So if there's like two or three monsters in that row um, that are all connected to that match, it does damage to both of them. Some monsters okay. have more than one space as well. So they might be two by two or one by two or even bigger. Some monsters are three by three. And mm -hmm. every spot for that monster that's next to that match um takes damage okay oh, okay interesting I didn't realize but there's that. a there's a couple of other little um uh little things like there's a sword and there's some kind of uh and it's like a little uh tube or something and then the uh what do those extra kind of uh features do so it really depends on what your monsters are using so that tube that you see in the top left, it'll change whatever monster is currently in cycle. So when you fill up that bar, it'll generate a player character of that eraser, and then it will switch to the next one in your team. So essentially when you have that up, if it's showing you like, uh, for example, a copper sword, every match you do with a copper sword will fill that gauge up a little bit. And when it gets full, you'll get a player character that you could then get randomly placed on the map that you could use to do like an ultimate. Um, so at the end of the game, if you have a whole bunch of ultimates stored up, um, it kind of just cascades and cascades and cascades until all that bar is done and you could just go for like crazy combos. Um, so it is kind of crazy towards the end and the more HP you have, the more points you get, which triggers more and more of these tubes and these special characters being summoned. Um, mm -hmm. But that's just an additional way of like, if you're kind of staggering through the dungeon and you're having a hard time, you could just sit there and you could fill up that one targeted monster until you get the player character. And a lot of times that'll help you out. Okay, and I, and I noticed that you guys were talking about like a level up system too. What does that do for you as you level up? So every monster has HP and attack. There's no defense, there's no magic or anything like that. They all just have their HP and attack. When you level up the monsters, um, in, it's increments of 10 and then you have to pay to unlock the next 10. Um, so for example, my Hellion has 124 HP and 175 attack at level 39 out of 40. In one more level, I will have to unlock him and pay gold to unlock levels 41 through 50. Um, but every time you unlock them, they do get an additional set of stats, and then they also have awakening. So pulling duplicates, similar to like in Dragon Quest Tact, it goes to an awaken, and then once they're awakened so high, they get special other effects. Um, again, to pull Hellion into it, because he's my most awakened monster, when you activate his ultimate, it triggers in 
the form of an X um, and it's three blocks out. So it's a pretty big X. And then oh. everything that happens in that to be destroyed in that area, if it triggers a monster, it does a lot of damage. If it destroys all the blocks, they'll cascade. But at the end of it, he'll also drop a bomb. And then at the end of all the resolutions of the falling cascades and combos, that bomb will explode and do it all over again. So you have an opportunity to do just a ton of work in one play. Um, but leveling up your monsters, you could do in scrolls or through get general gameplay. And then just to unlock their next set of levels, then you have to go ahead and pay a certain amount of gold, 200, 300, 400, and increase mentally up to as high as you go nice and you mentioned uh paying for that with gold so what's all the game currency in it because I, I know like intact and some others you'd have like gold and gems mini metals and, and like spe- sometimes like special event currency do they have that kind of stuff in here too so there's two different types of currencies one is gold and one of them is this blue hexagon thing that i don't know what it's called um and you use those it's kind of like tax points where like the more you do oh. the more you earn and then you can use them to trade for things like chimera wings and also um summoning metals so you could use summoning metals to pull from the gotcha machines as opposed to gold because gold does a lot in this game it does awakenings it does your item buying and selling it does your Gashapon as well. Uh, it does Monster Awakening. It, it does a lot. Um, there are tiny metals in the game as well. So if you uh, clear a stage and you three-star it, you get tiny metals, which then goes into your tiny metal book that you can use to unlock certain oh. things every couple of um, tiny metals. I like cool. there. I like that there's a tiny metal book. I haven't you see that sometimes in the main games, the mainline games. Mm-hmm. Fill up the book. I so a lot <laughs> so far. <laughs> it's awesome. So does the game have a... Uh, an original character or characters that journey with you and help you out, kind of like Searle from Dragon Quest of the Stars or Mindini from Tact? So there is, but not in a traditional sense. Um, Mindini's and like Magellan are kind of just like guide characters. And in this one, you get Slime Hero, who starts off as a three-star monster that you can use as a party monster. Um, and through the course of doing special missions... Um, throughout the regular game mode, they actually allow you to power him up through alchemy. Um, as I said before, you can alchemize oh. in this game. You can actually fuse units together to get new erasers. So earlier in the game, you get a sword. If you fuse that with a three-star uh, slime hero, he goes to a four-star. And then you get the emblem of courage later on um, in World 5, which you then can use to make the five-star slime hero. So they give you a free slime uh, hero five-star as long as you have the ability to do work in it. And there's other missions as well um, where like you could... Uh, mix and match other units as well um so like for example you could do like fire wisp plus um the copper sword and you get the firebrand which is a three star uh star a three star fire sword uh card or racer that you could use to you know help you in your journeys nice and and what's uh what's up with the character stacy i've seen her mentioned before um so she's kind of just like the one who reacts when you score um she doesn't really have much of an effect in the story from what i've seen she's kind of just there um but she kind of just gauges if you do a lot of combo she comes up and like flashes a whole bunch of hearts and if you kind of suck then she lets you know it by doing like, <laughs> face and the distraught like anime blue bars next to her head um but as of yet i'm in world nine they haven't really disclosed too much about her and then that might just be a translation thing right Mm -hmm. yeah she's she kind of acts as almost like a cheerleader kind of cheering you on which i early on in the game i enjoy um you know i i enjoy that element of it you know it's just positive reinforcement (laughs) if you're doing well and what uh what special events have they done so far you mentioned dragon quest one have there been any other special events so far that they've used other games so Dragon Quest One is the first one. Um, it's definitely the kickstart for the event. They've done like other little like limited edition like gotcha machines. Like they just did one for um, Arc Demon, and before that they did one for like the hero. So there's like an elf character, there's a martial artist, and there's a warrior as well. So that was a machine that was available for pull for a short time. Um, but Dragon Quest One is the official first event that they're doing in the season. Gotcha. Um, so what uh, what other elements of Dragon Quest were added to the game beyond the puzzles? Um, to be honest. It is, and I hate to say that, like, it is, like, a, you know, cloaked game, um, because it, it kind of is. Um, I like it a lot so far, and I love the alchemy pot and the breeding, um, but at the end of the day, it does do really well as just being, okay, this is a Dragon Quest game. Throughout the map, there is various monsters that you can talk to. Um, it doesn't really do anything besides, you know, just, 
you know, provide a little bit of a talk. It doesn't like unlock things for y'all, just kind of just they're there. Um, so it is a very well painted and covered up, you know, match tree game. Um, it's similar to like Pokemon Go in a sense of like Pokemon Go at the end of the day is just a GPS app, but it also has like the coding of the Pokemon being there to feel nostalgia and give you the incentive to keep playing. So as a Dragon Quest fan, seeing the cute renditions of my favorite monsters as an eraser it's adorable you know it's like oh man i want to collect this next one is mad dragon here killing machine is there and i'm <laughs> not able to pull him at all um yeah. so it's like going through the map and be like oh that's cute like there's a green dragon right now in dragon quest one and it's just so adorable yeah it's like i'm gonna fight him i have to hurt him i have to and erase they, him from existence yeah they actually have those erasers in real life too they made they made them most likely to promote the game but you can actually get them uh i don't i've seen um uh i've seen some uh images of them on on instagram so i don't know exactly where to get them yet um if they're a giveaway or if they're some kind of rare thing i'm sure they'll be up on ebay or mercari for like way way more than they're actually worth <laughs> but I uh if they'll pop up on like play asia at some point <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's something to look out for uh, before the you know the the collectors market gets their hands on it and it becomes skyrocketing price wise. <laughs> well, hopefully, if it ends up being a popular app, they'll you know be, they'll be selling a lot of these erasers, so that won't be as uh, much of an issue. But we'll see. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it can get pretty bad. I remember the uh, you could get the because I got it through PlayAsia. I got the, the Switch uh, Dragon Quest Eleven edition of it, and at the time that I got it, it was around like four hundred something, maybe maybe five hundred. But after a few months after that, it skyrocketed up to like a thousand dollars to buy it off of oh, PlayAsia. Wow. It was wow. ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, the, I always wanted those. Uh, they were like Matchbox style cars, but the, with the slime for Toyota. Oh. And they made a very, very short run of those. And mm. that that was up online for ridiculous amounts too. Uh, you know, like thousands of dollars. So like definitely uh, not affordable or reasonable. Um, but it, had they made more than, you know. So yeah, the, the Dragon Quest merch in general can sometimes be, especially the promotional stuff, can be really just a collector's market, which can be frustrating. But, you know, it is what it is if you get in, uh, if you get it at the beginning, then just consider yourself lucky. Yeah, it's always it's always good to get in early because yeah, I've seen that too. Where like you can get in early when it first comes out, reasonably priced, and then it either just becomes unavailable or just ridiculous prices. It's it can be bad sometimes. Yep. But uh, with the uh, with oh, go ahead. I, I just checked. PlayAsia does not have Keshi Keshi, but they do have a toilet paper cover. Oh, I saw that. Oh well, there's <laughs> that, there's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the newer items as well. <laughs> nice. So, so, so with the uh, Keshi Keshi, are there any uh, mini games or multiplayer elements to this at all, or is it just all single player and just match three stuff? So. There's not a direct multiplayer, but there is a friending system, mm. and you could actually send like uh, the main like gameplay stamina is hearts. Um, so mm. you once a day you could actually send hearts to people who are on your friend and give them an you know an additional way to play it a little longer. And there oh, nice. is also like a ranking system as well. So based upon your highest score for the week, whoever amasses the highest score goes into a ranking. Um, which the first week I did great. I have not done great since. Um, and there's several <laughs> years. Um, so you start off unranked and you go into bronze three, bronze two, bronze one, and silver, gold. And I assume there's platinum as well if you do really well. We don't know yet because the game hasn't been out long enough for to get to that league. Oh, um, yeah. Or maybe even rainbow like it is intact. Yeah. Or like Onyx. Um, yeah, yeah. So who knows? Um, we'll find out more as the game progresses. Um, this is the third week now. So if anyone's higher than, you know, bronze one, they're cheating. Um, but yeah, so there is like a head to head ranking system. So it does give you incentive to kind of, you know, go ahead and, you know, try to do your best in stages and maybe go back and play a stage that might have been a little bit easier now that you've leveled up your monsters a little bit. Um, for right now, for bronze two, which I'm in, um, the top player has scored 280, 248,000 points. Um, so that's a lot. Um, hmm. My average is about 135,000. So I have a lot of work to do in terms of getting better at this game. Um, but again, it is a new game. Um, I do refer to this as a trial period because I will play it when it inevitably becomes West um, hmm. on the Western edition. I have no problem playing it again because it is that fun. Um, Great. But, you know, the ranking system is there. The friend system is there. 
and there is a benefit to having friends in the game. So that's in terms of like you know, hundred thousand points, two hundred thousand points. Is that cumulative for total points that you've acquired throughout the game? That's not in one like. It's in, in one, one run. Um, so really? Wow. I thought it was cumulative at first, and uh-huh. no, not at all. Um, it's literally like the ranking is your best score for a map during that week. So. If you go on a map and you get really, really lucky or you play really, really well and uh-huh. you score 180,000 points, that's your score. If you wow. beat it, then your score upgrades. If you do worse than that, it will stay whatever. Um, it's essentially your highest score throughout the course of the score. week is added to the ranking system. Wow, 100,000 points, let alone, you know, 200,000 is insane, but like even 100,000 is kind of mind boggling. Once you get to like the later tier in a game, um, scoring up there is pretty standard. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, okay. some of the stages actually require it. Um, I just did the Dragon Quest One event, and for three stars, it requires one hundred and forty-two thousand points. Oh wow! Okay, so they so the, as you kind of gain um, not necessarily levels, but it, as you as you build within the game, they, it it becomes harder, and the point system goes higher. Right, and it's beneficial to go back and play stages that you know you could be pretty seamlessly um mm-hmm. especially when you have higher monsters because the more hp you have the more points you actually score so if you go fight a boss that you know you could beat relatively quickly um use the chimera wing to double your score um and beat it pretty quickly and have a lot of hp pulled up um you'll get a pretty good ranking score um it's just that right now i haven't really had the interest to go and chase ranks um i've made that mistake before in tech and i just want to you know, experience the game the way that it was meant to be designed before I start getting into like the nitty gritty and you know chasing ranks again. Cool. Um, so, do you know any Japanese, or did you figure out all of it just on, on your own through a translation app? I know none. <laughs> um, I've picked up a few words here and there, um, but I have been using Google Translate to translate the things, which is always you know a roller coaster. You get uh-huh. some of the translation. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, um, you yeah. get stuff like I was translating the Genie Sanguini for tact the other day. And it was like, oh, this monster does physical exercise and rarely takes a day off. I'm like, OK, what does this mean? Um, it's like, thanks, Google Translate. This is not helpful at all. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I've been playing I out and some stuff I kind of just uh, try and translate the best I can. Yeah, definitely. I've been playing Dragon Quest 10 like that. And that's just definitely like you know there's so much that google translate will spit out there you're just like well i know that's not what they're trying to say <laughs> god forbid you miss like one kanji as well and it's just like oh i missed that and now all of a sudden it says we're gonna have chicken noodle soup for breakfast yeah <laughs> yeah it must just be really entertaining to to, to be a uh you know fully native translator uh from japanese to english because then there's so much context and i think that's where google translate really kind of falters because they did it it can't the ai can't really fathom context yet so it's no, just I, kind of picking out guesses like random guesses oh yeah i can't it's it's just as bad or maybe worse with korean it's just some of this i like my my wife has a an active twitter feed and sometimes it's all in korean and sometimes i try and translate stuff and i show it to her and she's like no that's not not even close <laughs> yeah right yeah uh, so it it, it it definitely uh it's something that I think we we're we're a couple of uh, versions away from and Google Translate from getting the AI to really understand context and spit out something that's not you know an all your base are belong to us kind of translation. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully we're incorporating slang into it. It'll be okay. But I feel right now it's a little bit you know too like proper spoken. Yeah, and, and hopefully, and hopefully we won't have to deal with this problem much longer because uh, as we. As most of us know, uh, from the official English Dragon Quest Facebook page and the Twitter account, that Square Enix has announced that this game will be coming west at some point. Uh, So, Joe, have you heard any rumors on when this might be? I haven't heard anything yet myself. So, I have not heard any rumors, but taking experience of, like, doing closed beta testing and playing Japanese games before they come out, um, it's typically anywhere between three and six months. So I would honestly, and I'm going to say it right here, I'm going to place a bet on it. I'd say Keshi Keshi would be coming to the West, um, Erase Erase, at the end of February, early March of 2022. Interesting. You think that, uh, that'll that be the name too, Erase Erase, or will they just call it, you know, Dragon Quest Eraser or something like that? Um, so I, I was actually kind of thinking about it, because like, technically it's like, what, Keshi Gomo is 
a racer, rubber racer in Japanese. So it's like, why didn't they just call it that? But I, I think it will be a racer race um, when it does come west. Okay, interesting. I'm so, making that uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we'll get some of those racers too when they, you know, a, a promotional merch. Um, so. That would be that'd, be, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely be keeping an eye out on. Uh, uh, Mercari and Plasia and eBay for that I stuff. I hope they give them away. Um, like what uh, Dai did when they were coming out, they released like the pins that they did like a giveaway for. Mm-hmm. I actually oh, won the pin. Yeah. Um, so that's oh, really nice. cool. Nice. Um, and I gave them to Jay. Um, but I won the pin of like Mom, Goma-chan, Pop, and Dai. And uh, they were super nice. And I hope that they do something like that again. Oh, awesome. that'd be sweet. Yeah, if they, they release the global version and, and as a promotion, they uh, give away some erasers. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. In Ishigaki, there's not, I mean, there's only one uh, Don Quixote, and they do have like very, very small amount of Dragon Quest merch, um, and nobody ever buys it. And uh, the, the, one of the things that they have there is like a huge amount of like Dragon, Dragon Quest die keychains, um, but it's the kind where you don't know what you're getting. You have to kind of. Um, oh. Mystery box, mystery box, exactly. Oh, they're they gotcha-ing uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, they got gotcha you everything basically. Oh, um, Japan's been doing that for a long time with uh, with merch. Those mystery yeah. boxes, they love them. Yeah. So I got a couple it's last year. How like you have Japan that makes mystery boxes out of everything, and then like all of Europe is just like absolutely not. <laughs> oh, yeah, they've been cracking down on that the, over there, like especially yeah, like right Belgium, idea. some other countries like that. Yeah, uh, Tact still isn't released in a lot of like European countries because of the gotcha nature. Oh. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody. I get that. Um, but yes, yeah, so the, so the die uh, uh, little uh, keychains, um, they're perfect for a Christmas tree. So I I, I picked up a couple last year. Um, I'm pretty sure the last time I went there, a couple, uh, you know, about a month ago, they still had them because um, nobody's buying them. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh there are there are Dracway fans there but i'm sure they they ship stuff to the island so like they, they don't realize that, that that's there because they also have two gem slime plushies and those have been there for over a year the reason the only reason why i haven't bought them is because you know it's the only merch i've seen on the entire island and i i kind of want to leave it for somebody who who's who's like either visiting or who's uh <laughs> you know who lives there who really wants to have that merch so <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you're visiting Ishigaki or if you're planning on moving there, uh, check out the Don Quixote for, um, for keychains and, and plushie. <laughs> Is it the gold one? It's the, yeah, the gem slime. Oh, I've got that. I picked that oh, up yeah. when I was in nice. Japan. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's and, uh, gold Emperor uh, slime. definitely Tokyo has, you know, once they open up the, the border again, um, Tokyo has a, a lot of great places to get, uh, Dragon Quest merch. Um, especially like Artnia and uh, uh, Luida's Bar. And, and we can all uh, go to Dragon Quest Island. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we, we're, we're, planning on doing that. we're planning on doing that. Um, but uh, we were going to do it for my birthday, but it's in February, so it's going to be cold. So we'll probably uh, wait until like May, just take a flight out to uh, Osaka and um, and then just drive from there. It's, it's a bit of a hike, but I think it's closer if you're near like the Os- Osaka or Kobe area. Yeah, definitely Kobe. Yeah, yeah. But, we literally uh, just got like Digimon stuff around here. Like, finally, it's been like a nonstop search for like just Digimon merchandise, and it's finally showed up, and I'm so excited. So maybe Dragon Quest is not too far off. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, we could always do with more merch in in the West. I remember always kind of hounding the uh, folks at uh, at Comic Con about that. We eventually got some slime plushies for sale. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah it's the merch merch is uh it, it we have that hashtag um brag your dq swag uh which we, we used for um uh kind of a, a little promotion for the dragon's den uh for a contest uh back in the day and uh and that's just something we used to like show square enix like look look what all the fans are importing yeah uh, you had so- shared the photo of my shelf and it like hook off it's like to this day it's like our most like viewed tweet of all time and it's all because like you had used like the brag your dq swag oh i can't really post a picture now because there's a giant picture of santa there well a giant uh candle santa um there but it was like right after i redesigned it and i was like oh well that just took off like you know a weed nice well santa's a dragon quest character he's in dragon quest 9 and this 10 is true. yeah this is he's, true. He, he worked out significantly for 10 he's buff santa <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those screenshots, but I have uh, seen those screenshots. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, so, 
they're on a line of like buff kangaroos and it kind of just creeps me out and <laughs> well i mean it makes more sense if santa's delivering to like you know two billion houses in the world or whatever uh you know whatever the population of christian houses there are in the uh in the world if xana's delivered to all of them he's not going to be like super out of shape all that left (laughs) i'd imagine him doing some crossfit yeah he'd he'd at least be in good running shape like if he could move as fast as uh as the flash (laughs) i don't know how we got there we started talking about erasers and now we've delved into uh the santa being a metahuman uh (laughs) That's, that's probably a good cue for the for the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Slime Time. We do want to thank Joe from Big Shark Gaming for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here finally. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. We're definitely less puzzled than when we started. That is a DQ pun worthy of DQ. Uh, so we don't use Patreon. Uh, we don't believe in uh, taking money from other Dragon Quest fans, and we can offer you quality content about the game series we know and love for free. So if you do have any money uh, that is just completely burning a hole in your wallet and you'd like to donate anything to the website that's been sort of supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, zoom on over to Dragon's Den at www.com. Uh, wait, no, www.wudis.com slash den. Reading is fundamental. And uh, click on support this site. Wudis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den DQ fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube video version of the podcast, and he fully appreciates any donations to help keep the servers running. The Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den, and it doesn't cost you anything. To advertise with us, reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments or questions for the Drag Quest Slime Time Podcast, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining forums still around. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page at www.com. No, www.wudis.com. <laughs> We're lucky this is a match three, boys. <laughs> yeah, right. We can also we, yeah we we matched three Wudas and got rid of the <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's great uh, you can also find me and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers Facebook group if we got www.com because nobody ever thought to buy it that would be amazing I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> okay. that's taken well, uh, well, or next episode. <laughs> And you can also come and hang out with us and tons of other hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, like Wudis, for his support of the series and this podcast and keeping the Dragon's Den lights on for decades. Thanks to Amanda Laprie and the Sense of Verdict for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. The Sense of Verdict is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out and their album Advent at www.descensoverdict.com or on Twitter at Diaverdrick. And check out Amanda Laprie streaming on Twitch. Our thanks to Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful, wonderful graphic artist and Dragon Quest fan, for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of the Slime Time podcast, uh, doing many of the first episodes. You can check out more of his work at Dwayne Art on Instagram or his website at DwayneBullockArt.BigCartel.com. If you're looking for more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor FM, Audible, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. And check out our brothers and sisters in arms over at the Slime Time SideQuest podcast. Their latest episodes are available now. Bye, everyone. Dragon Quest Slime Time, sliming off. (laughs) 